This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Star Diary, the podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. You can subscribe to the print edition of the magazine by visiting skyatnightmagazine.com or to our digital edition by visiting iTunes or Google Play. Greetings listeners and welcome to Star Diary, radio astronomy's guide to the best things to see in the night sky covering the week of the 25th of April to the 1st of May. I'm news editor Ezzie Pearson, and I'm joined on the podcast today by our reviews editor, Paul Money. Hello, Paul. Hi, Ezzie. How's things? I'm doing well. Great to hear, hear from you again. So what can we expect to see in the sky this week? Well, you know what we've said in the past sort of thing. These things always happen at ungodly hours, don't they? And <laughs> I have to say, the first half of the week, it's really all happening in the morning sky. You know, it would be. So mm. this is a time to set your alarms once again. And I am talking about around about 4 to 5 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> so, but, it, but it's twilight time, you see. So when we're getting at the end of April, beginning of May sort of thing, you know, that's about the time it's happening because of the course the clock's changing, etc. So, uh, yeah, so it's a parade of planets. We really, uh, really have a great time at the moment. If you like planets and don't don't mind early mornings, because mm. we've got four planets on show in a line near enough. Now, it depends on what time you want to get up. But if you get up, at, say, about four-ish and look out, and you need to be looking between east and southeast. So about east-southeast is the midpoint, and that's where you'll find Mars. But if you look at four o'clock, Mars and Saturn are up, and the sky is a bit darker, so you, at least you'll have a few stars, especially Capricornus and Aquarius, which is where this most of the action is taking place. But if you then allow and watch the twilight gradually brighten, the moon will rise and it's below Saturn. Now, that's a quite decent crescent moon. So, you know, but it's very low. It's below the ecliptic now at this particular part of its orbit. So mm-hmm. that means it rises later. So it means it rises when it's closer to the brighter part of twilight. So you have to bear that in mind over the next few days. So it's below Saturn on the 25th. 
And with Mars to the left of Saturn, so it makes a nice, it almost makes a right angle triangle in actual fact. So, uh, you know, so something to look out for. But um, the moon doesn't rise until around about 4.40-ish. Now, you have to bear in mind, it does depend on where you are in the country. If you're further north, it'll be lighter. So the skies will be lighter as well. So a little swamped most of the stars by then. Uh, and if you're further south, sort of thing, you've got to wait a little bit longer for them to rise. But if you wait about 4.50 in the morning, then you'll have Saturn, Mars, Venus and Jupiter. And of course, Venus and the moon near enough rise at the same time. They're at a very similar elevation above the horizon. So they'll rise near enough at the same time on the 25th. And if you give it just a few more minutes, then you'll have Jupiter rise as well. Obviously, Venus will be the brightest of all four planets. But you've got this nearly almost a lineup arcing down towards the actual horizon. So uh, that's a quite nice parade of planets. It's just a shame Neptune. Neptune's there. But it's so faint in the bright twilight, <laughs> don't believe you'll actually see it. You know, it's going to be around about magnitude eight. So, uh, yeah, pretty difficult yeah. against the bright twilight. But if you, if you do see it, then shout out to us as such. So it's really happening in the next few days because I've mentioned the moon is below Saturn. What we'll find is the moon then the next morning is below Mars. But remember, it's below Mars. It's lower. So you have to wait a bit longer. So we're talking about five o'clock now and the sky will be brighter. So there we are, the crescent. And it's even thinner because, of course, it's heading towards new. And interestingly enough, uh, we, we find that this will be the second new moon of the month. You don't hear many of them being mentioned, do you? It's always about the full moons and two full moons in a month. Well, this month, April, we've actually got two new moons. But we don't really observe them, do we, until there's an eclipse. So it passes us by that there's actually two new moons, do we? But that'll be uh, sort of a bit later on in the week when we get that new moon. So the moon is getting thinner and thinner and thinner, but it's getting lower and lower on the horizon. You have to wait a bit longer for it to actually rise. So, uh, you know, this is the problem. The sky will be getting brighter. So the next morning on the 26th, it'll be below Mars, very low around. I say look around about 5 a.m. at all, and you'll find the vast majority of the stars will by now be washed out sort of thing. But also keep an eye on Jupiter and Venus as they're getting higher. With each passing day, you'll see Venus is creeping closer to Jupiter. So Jupiter is pulling out from the solar glare, but Venus is heading back. And so they're destined to meet up. But tune in towards the end of the week in a few moments when we'll deal with that. So the next morning, we're talking about the 27th now. And again, you have to give it another 10 minutes. So 10 past five, the sky is brighter, but a really thin crescent moon is directly below Venus. And they form a lovely triangle with Jupiter as well to their upper left. So you know, a really great sequence of events for three mornings on the trot sort of thing. Hopefully, you never know whether we have clear skies. You know what it's like. <laughs> And of course, um, because we're in the early morning sky, keep an eye on Venus and Jupiter, because uh, although we've got the moon really below, below them in bright twilight, you have to wait now another 10 minutes, so 10 past five in the morning. The sky is getting brighter. It's going to wash out virtually all the main bright stars. But keep an eye on Venus and Jupiter, because as Jupiter is pulling out from the solar glare, so Saturn is gradually moving in, and they're destined to meet. They're going to join together later in the week. So 
we'll tune in and go back to that in a short while. So catch the moon then. It will have three mornings where it goes past these planets, Saturn, Mars, and now Jupiter and Saturn on the 27th. But make sure you do all these observations and keep an eye out, making sure you don't catch the sun as it rises. Sort of thing. The last thing we want you to do is uh, do any damage to your eyes, but this should be all right to catch it. Yeah, that's a very important point. Always make sure that you're careful of the sun. Um, uh, I think the 27th is also probably a good one to look out for because Venus and Jupiter are both going to be very big and bright and they're, they're really obvious in the night sky. So even if you're just a beginner astronomer, that's a good one to look out for. And it, I mean, they are the brightest two planets. So what more could mm. we ask for, eh, eh, uh, yeah. Izzy? So now that was in the morning sky. Hey, we've got something in the evening. Yes, but... We all, I always look forward to this time of year because around about March, April and May, we've got the chance to have Mercury in the evening sky. It doesn't always work out. It's sometimes earlier, sometimes it's later. But uh, April the 28th, Mercury will be directly below the Pleiades or Messier 45 or the Seven Sisters Cluster, depending on how you want to call it. It'll be directly below it in twilight. But binoculars will show the cluster and this little planet. So if you get the planets in the morning sky, you'll also got Mercury in the evening sky as well. And the thing about this is that on the 28th, you've got the Mercury below it, but it's quickly moving past to the left of the Pleiades star cluster over the next few days. So just as we saw the moon going past the planets over several days from the 25th to the 27th, so we'll see Mercury go past the Pleiades in the evening sky. So something for the evening viewers to lack out for. And it'll be closest to the cluster on the 29th. And we're looking about, say, about 40 minutes after sunset and roughly west-northwest. Now, something we, we haven't mentioned, but, you know, when we're looking at these things, they're often towards the horizon. So it really is important to have an uncluttered, clear horizon to actually view these. If you've got buildings or trees or anything like that in the way, then it's worth trying to find a site where you can actually observe these clearly without anything getting in the way. So there we are. We mentioned the new moon earlier. It's on April the 30th. I mean, but nobody better observe it, but it is the <laughs> second new moon. So I just think it just tickles me that it's the second new moon and it, it doesn't hardly ever get a mention when you've got two new moons in a month sort of thing. So we're towards the end of the week now. And so we go back to that morning conjunction. And it really is a gorgeous conjunction between Jupiter and Venus. And basically, over the next couple of days, they get they close in. They're at the closest on May the 1st. And we're talking about less than half a degree. I think I worked it out. It was about 21 arc minutes, actually, apart from the each other. So that'll be a really good view. And it, this is one of those circumstances where it's worth looking with the naked eye. You should see them separated with the naked eye. It'll be a grand view in good old-fashioned 10 by 50 binoculars. And, of course, if you've got a telescope, you'll be able to home in and see them like that as well. So this is a great opportunity to visual and photograph the actual event as well. So this conjunction on May the 1st is absolutely brilliant. But that's in the morning sky, remember. We're talking about 5 a.m., bright twilight, but these are very bright planets. But we haven't quite finished yet because wait for that evening. So we've had the events in the morning sky, wait for the evening. We've got Mercury just to the left of the Pleiades. In fact, it's level with the Pleiades, so to the left of the actual cluster itself. The crescent moon now joins them. 
but you have to catch that very early. So be careful. Make sure you wait for the sunset, but keep an eye on that area sort of thing. So have a look, west-northwest. Just look, see if you can see the really thin crescent moon. It'll be, I think, something like 24 hours old or something like that. It's very, very young. Mm. You know, I like really young ones. They're really difficult to see, but it's in a bright twilight. It'll be below right of Mercury and the Pleiades. Now, at the latest information I've got, which could be wrong because these things change so rapidly, we <laughs> might have a binocular comet. Comet C, 2021-03 Panstars. And it'll be to the right of the Pleiades. So you'll actually have a lineup. Mercury, the Pleiades, and then a bit further to the right, Panstars. It will have passed the sun at this stage. It hasn't done it as I'm recording this, as we're recording this, so it could disintegrate. Mm. You know what comets are like? They're fickle things. It's it's so hard to say with comets. You know, it could be absolutely spectacular. It could stay in one piece but not really do anything interesting or it could just completely fall apart into nothing. Like, you can never tell. Um, and I think that, to me, that's what is really interesting about comets because, they're, like, so much of astronomy is so predictable. You know exactly what's going to happen, like, 2,000 years in advance almost sometimes. And then you've got these comets that come along and they're so fickle and they're a surprise and you never quite know what's going to happen. So they're a sort of slightly interesting dynamic in astronomy. Yes, exactly. I mean, we are so used to the clockwork astronomy, aren't we? But this is one of those variables that you can't predict properly. So I'll be looking out there if we've got a clear sky sort of thing. So it's the 1st of May. You want to be looking around about quarter past nine so the skies will be bright. But of course, even if you don't get the moon, as they get lower to the horizon, the sky will get darker. So it will increase your chance if the comet has survived and is binocular uh, viewable, you might just get it. So, you know, fingers crossed, it's one way to stop the week, finish the week, and have a hunt for a comet, as mm. well as a planet, the innermost planet, next to this wonderful star cluster. And if you do it early enough, you might even get this really slim crescent moon as well. But uh, a week of events, I mean, there's a lot going on, you know. Absolutely. There's, there's never nothing going on, is there? So there's always, <laughs> there's something. always something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, yes, I think that's also a nice end to end with a comet after a week that's kind of dominated almost by the planets. Um, and we have some absolutely great lineups, as you mentioned. So thank you very much for joining us today, Paul. And thank you very much for telling us what's coming up in the night sky. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Ezzy. If you want to find out even more spectacular sights that will be gracing the night sky this month, be sure to pick up a copy of BBC Sky at Night magazine, where we have a 16-page pull-out sky guide with a full overview of everything worth looking up for. Whether you like to look at the moon, the planets or the deep sky, whether you use binoculars, telescopes or neither, our sky guide has got you covered, with detailed star charts to help you track your way across the night sky. From all of us here at BBC Sky at Night magazine, Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Star Diary podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. For more of our podcasts, visit our website at skyatnightmagazine.com or head to Acast, iTunes or Spotify.